Hello, my pastor friend. This is Dean Taylor, and this is the podcast Shepherdology, episode 18. I'm going to go ahead and give the date because today is an unusual day. This is Monday, March 23rd, 2020. At least that's when you'll be hearing this. I'm recording it a couple of days ahead. But this is the Monday after what has probably been one of the most unusual and challenging Sundays in your life as a pastor. And that's because we are in a very significant time and place in the life of our nation and even our world as we're all facing the COVID-19 pandemic. That is the coronavirus, which began in 2019 and is now pandemic status in our world. I'm sure that this has touched and impacted every single one of you, probably on a personal level, a family level, but I know it is impacting your ministry. And so here on Shepherdology, I just want to take some time and address some of these issues. And again, as my purpose always is, I want to encourage you. I want to be a friendly voice in your ear because I know, especially during a time like this, that is especially vital. So we're diving right into the podcast today without the the normal intro music. And let me also say that uh, I've missed a few weeks here of when I would normally be producing the podcast, and I'll just call it life. Uh, you know how it is sometimes, and I do have certain priorities and things I'm I'm primarily responsible for, and I have to fulfill those, and uh, I get to the podcast whenever I can. My goal is to have it out uh, twice a month, and uh, so far this is the first one for the month of March, and so if you were expecting it, sorry for that, but uh, I hope that I can be as consistent as possible but also just doing it when I'm able to. So thanks for your understanding with that. So again, when you're listening to this, it's prob- it may be uh, Monday, March 23rd, or you may be listening to it later, and of course that's fine. But I'm calling this the Monday after, the Monday after, because Sunday, March 22nd, probably was in many ways a very challenging day for you. Now, you as a pastor are depending on the Lord, and you are rising to the occasion, and you are uh, adapting and adjusting and doing everything within your power to minister to your people as effectively as possible in the midst of the pandemic that's taking place and the impact that has on church life. So praise God for that, and I applaud you for that, and I thank you for that. And I I think I can speak on behalf of, of your people Thank you. Thank you, my pastor friend, for how you are ministering through this time. You care for your people. You are putting forth the effort that's necessary, and it shows. And and we, we, the people you shepherd, appreciate it. So I just thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for being flexible and adapting through this very challenging time. Uh, it's a challenging time for for us as families and as individuals. I know you're processing that for yourself and how you function and how you protect your family and how how you uh, make sure that your family is provided for during these times. And so, a lot of things on your mind. And I'm I'm. It's very possible. It's and it's certainly coming when there are people in your family and in your ministry that are probably going to be diagnosed with this virus and uh, may succumb to it as well. And you may be experiencing, and many of you likely will be experiencing, trying to shepherd your people or even dealing with your own situation of the grief 
of losing someone that you love. And so this is very real. I just saw the headline of a pastor in Kansas City who was in his 50s and was the first individual in Oklahoma to die from coronavirus. And so, again, as pastors, that hits very close to home for us. And so it's real. It's here. We're in the midst of it. And I want you to know that that my purpose today is not so much to talk about how to. I mean, there are probably hundreds by now, if not thousands of articles and and podcasts and posts and ideas about how to minister through this time. I may have a few suggestions and ideas to to offer, but but I mainly want to encourage you and just guide you maybe through a process of thinking as well. And so that is my desire here today. Now, uh, a week ago, actually it'll be two weeks ago from when you hear this, I believe, uh, in in my um, just process of my own personal devotions and also a devotion I've been posting on Monday mornings on my website, deanhtaylor.com, I arrived at a devotion from Exodus 14. And really it just happened in the sequence of devotions that I'm posting on there now on Mondays that it was it was the time for this one to be posted. And, and it really, I think, um, intersected well with what was happening in, in our lives at that point, and that was the beginning of uh, this week when when everything just really broke loose, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm losing track of time, the beginning of, of two weeks ago when everything really, really started with the, the virus and the pandemic and the impact of that. So one of the things that we are seeing, you are seeing, is anxiety and even a level of fear, and we might even call it panic, as a response to this. And my devotion that I want to point you to and share with you was based on Exodus 14, where Moses led the people of Israel through a crisis that caused them fear. And this was when they were um, leaving Egypt and the Egyptian army was pursuing them. They arrived at the Red Sea. They were boxed in. And of course, death, in their view, was was imminent. They were going to be slaughtered. And, and it says in verse 10 of Exodus 14, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. They feared greatly. So for them, the threat was real. Death was, was right in front of them. And they thought they'd seen their last days. Well, they started blaming Moses. And so they were, they were venting their fear by, uh, by, by uh, blaming Moses for their circumstances. Moses exercised wise leadership. Now, he did struggle with this and had some of his own issues and with anger and all of that, but, but, but at least there's an element here of, of, I think, a good model of leadership where Moses focused them on God. And here are Moses' words recorded in Exodus 14, 13, and 14, and this is my, my note of encouragement to you as you lead your people through a, a set of fearful circumstances. So here's what he said. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. So there is Moses' proclamation. He was directing their minds. He was pointing them to God. He was addressing what they were feeling, that feeling of fear, that strong emotion of, of being afraid, and, and I'm sure the panic that they felt. And he just said, don't be afraid. 
And, you know, we can say that not in a glib way. Not, it's not a, a, an empty platitude. Oh, don't be afraid. No, it's real. And he had a reason for being able to say that. And so do you. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. In other words, hold your position. Don't let the fearful circumstances push you off of, of the ground that you stand on, of your faith in God and who God is. He is your rock. So don't be afraid. Stand firm. And he said, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. So he's saying, you know what? You are going to have the opportunity to witness firsthand God's work. And we know that for the Egyptians, yes, they were delivered circumstantially. The sea opened and they walked across and escaped from the Egyptians. And the Egyptians, of course, perished in, in the, uh, the Red Sea. We may or may not see circumstantial deliverance. People may escape the, uh, the infection and the virus, and we certainly hope and pray so, but some will not. Uh, but certainly we can see salvation and deliverance spiritually and eternally. And, and not only for ourselves, but our people can experience and see the salvation of the Lord. And it is, it is salvation in Christ that is our hope and is the hope that we proclaim. And, and we can share that with our people and we can guide them in focusing on, on the greatest deliverance that there is. And, you know, as, as Paul says, whether by life or by death, may Christ be magnified in me. And, and Christ can be magnified in our lives, whether we live or whether we die. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so there is this hope that we have, and, and we don't fear death. Uh, I shared in another post uh, on, on my website that it, I don't fear death. When I struggle with fear and anxiety right now, it's a fear of, of what life is going to be like and the conditions that we may face. And, and so that's what people are dealing with as well. But we can also point them to the hope that we have in God because he is our Heavenly Father. He is our provider, and we can trust him to take care of us. And, and I think that many people will see how God does that in the days ahead. So I just encourage you with, with that passage, and you may want to spend some time in that. If you'd like to read the devotion, it's at dnhtaylor.com called Monday Morning Devotion, Leading Through Fear but especially to spend some time in the Word and in that passage. And I link to a few other passages as well. Um, I think especially Romans 5, 1 to 5, that can be helpful and encouraging. And so I just want to, to encourage you with that, that this is a time to shepherd people through circumstances that cause them to be afraid. And as their pastor, you can help them with that. So I want to turn now from that encouraging note to walking with you through a process of thinking, because a lot is changing. Uh, I've been now for three and a half years a college professor teaching in a classroom. College education in the last week was just flipped upside down. And so we are now transitioning to teaching online, which in some, uh, from some perspective is, is not that hard, but, but other aspects of it are very challenging. And it's a change. It's a major change is what, is it, what it is. A change in how you communicate and in how you interact with people and how you accomplish what you're supposed to be doing with them. And so it's major change. And so you're thinking through that as well. And, and this past Sunday, maybe the Sunday prior, but especially this past Sunday, most, if not all of you, were were maybe forced 
at least strongly suggested that you not meet as a church and that you would not be together with your people. And so you've been figuring out and being creative and using technology to to connect with and to minister your people. And again, I applaud you because uh, w- whether it was perfect or not, I'm sure it wasn't, but you made the effort, and I'm sure that your ministry was effective and, and your people were blessed by that. So, so again, thank you for that. But what I would like to do is, is now think forward and think, all right, what does pastoral ministry look like in, in a pandemic milieu? So we're in a whole new environment of life now, and, and you're thinking through, how do I shepherd? How do I pastor? And what I want to do is relate this to the three primary areas of responsibility that I believe a pastor has, and there are my first three podcasts were on each of those primary areas of responsibility. And I want to just just touch on those and, and again, not advise necessarily or direct or instruct, because you you have the intelligence and, and you God will give you the wisdom to figure this out. But just to talk through these these as a way of of guiding you to think through what pastoral ministry will look like. And also, I think it helps to remember, okay, what what am I here to do? What are my responsibilities? And and who am I? Where am I? Who are my people? What is my situation? How do I minister in my situation? There are lots of great ideas and examples out there right now, but you have to determine what that looks like for you. So let me talk through the the three primary areas of responsibility again, just as a guide for you in thinking through your situation. The first primary area of responsibility for a pastor is the ministry of the Word, the ministry of the Word. You teach the Word. You preach the Word. It is the source of spiritual nourishment. It is is the, the food which nourishes not only people individually, but also the body corporately and you are that pastor-teacher. And so preaching and teaching the Word to your people is one of the primary responsibilities you have, but I would also divide that into both public and personal. So uh, you, you minister to them in the public sense, or maybe the corporate sense is a better way to think about it now, to the church as a body, but you also minister the Word to people individually on a personal level. And in a typical setting that we're used to, that includes sitting down with people one-on-one or maybe in smaller groups and discipling or counseling them. So the ministry of the Word, and what does that look like? Well, I know a lot of you have worked through this, and you've developed a way to do that with your people through technology for most of you. And again, that's great. That That's exactly what needs to happen. You did not let the um, the mandates or restrictions, limitations that have been placed upon us to keep you from ministering the Word. Now, I think the challenge of, of this is doing it effectively, not being distracted by the technology, not being hindered by the, the, um, the, the required distance that we have to keep with people. So it's doing the best you can. It's recognizing, hey, you know what? This isn't best case scenario. I'd rather be right there with you and you you together with us, but this is what we can do right now. We're going to make the best of it and just be as effective as you can. Uh, again, there are articles and, and suggestions about this, and I'm sure you're seeing much of that. So I'm not going to go into what are the best ways to do that, to, to minister the word through technology, but just to encourage you that it's okay um, and, and just do the best you can with it. 
you're going to learn, you're going to grow. It's not going to be perfect the first time. There will be glitches or always glitches. Maybe just encourage your, even encourage your people. Hey, we're going to learn together. Um, we're all going to work at this and, and do it as effectively as possible. And I'll say this, um, uh, last Wednesday night, my wife and my mother who lives with us and I sat down together and watched our pastor live stream um, his Bible study and also share prayer time and, and have prayer with us for our Wednesday night prayer and Bible study. It was awesome. It was great. And and my 97-year-old mother sitting there with my wife and me, each of us deeply appreciated, again, the effort, but also the fact that it came through. It was it was accessible for us. And we were able to sit there and then the little chat going on the side, seeing who else was there, and they were sharing prayer requests on there. And you know what? We, we adapt. And so uh, be okay with that and know that probably most of your people are, are okay with that. And again, they appreciate appreciate the effort. Now, ministering the Word personally, again, it can happen through technology. I would just say that probably um, pastors are going to have to make an effort at that because uh, it's normal to say, hey, let's meet for coffee, or somebody stops by the office, or you go to visit them in their home. And obviously, much of that now is extremely restricted. And, and so it just may take an extra effort to, to connect with people, maybe to say, if you've been meeting with somebody regularly, to say to that person, hey, all right, uh, once we get through uh, you know, this week of adjustment, let's plan to get together by video call or use you know, Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Facebook Live or whatever it is you can with, to connect with that person. And just be creative and, and again, make the effort. Uh, and I would say that, that, again, everybody appreciates the effort. And it may not be ideal, but it works. And, and so you can continue ministering the Word in that way. Now, if you have people that are in situations you can't connect with, let's say maybe an older person who isn't comfortable with technology or even, even familiar with it, or somebody in a nursing home or in a hospital, you know, a phone call means so much, so much, more than you realize. So if you can make a phone call with that person, maybe even through one of the um, the personnel in that place. Maybe you have to figure out a way to connect with them and have them um, get a phone or, or even a, a smartphone with video capability to that person so that you can connect with them. Making the effort, being creative, doing the best you can goes a long way. So, so the ministry of the Word is the first primary area of responsibility. The second one, spiritual care for people. A pastor's second main area of responsibility is caring spiritually for your people. Now, this one does require more creativity and more effort. It's very similar, I think, to the last one, where through telephone and technology, you will figure out ways to keep in touch with them. But I think a key here is to to enlist other people in this. If you already have, for example, deacon groups, or maybe as a pastoral team, you have groups within your church body that you naturally connect with, I mean, this is already built in. It's perfect. If not, you might need to set it up, or if it has sort of uh, uh, dwindled a little bit, maybe maybe um, encourage those people, deacons or whoever, to make the extra effort now to get this going again. But again, just the phone call or a video video call goes a long way. And you can check on people. You can just reassure them, hey, 
I'm praying for you. We're here if you need anything. It doesn't have to be huge, but uh, but just connecting with them in that way, I-, I think, is the way to do it, is the way to accomplish the spiritual care of people that's needed. You're going to become aware of probably more physical and health needs during this time. Again, by phone, connecting with that person, praying with that person. Now, there may be a situation where you as a pastor, you need to be there. I mean, you're just like the the doctor or the nurse. Um, you are a key part of this person's life. And if there's any way to be there where you can go and not bring infection with you and not expose your family to infection, then, then do it. But also, I think people understand that there are situations where you just can't. And so that phone call means a lot. I mean, this is going to get tough. I, I I saw in that news article about the pastor in, in Oklahoma that I they're not even going to be able to have a funeral the way I understood it because his family has been exposed. And so people cannot get together. They have to stay in isolation. I mean, this is just really going to be challenging. So maybe there are ways even to for a pastor to connect with that family by phone, by video call, by Zoom, whatever, um, to comfort them and pray with them and minister the Word to them. All right, so the primary responsibilities, ministry of the Word, spiritual care of the people, and the last one is leadership and oversight of the church. Leadership and oversight of the church. And again, there are challenges here. Go back to your mission. If you have developed a mission statement or some way of expressing what you know to be the mission of your church, go back to that and think, all right, this is who we are. This is why we are here. This is the purpose God has for us in this place and at this time for our church. What is that mission? And then how do we continue to accomplish that during this pandemic milieu in this challenging environment? And if you don't have one, maybe it's a good time to think of one. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, something super profound. Just just look at Matthew 28, look at Ephesians 4, uh, look at Acts 2, and think, okay, why? what are the basic elements, the essential elements of church, and why has God put our church in this community at this time, and, and what should we be doing? So just develop that sense of mission. And then what are your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish over the next month, the next three months, the next six months? Like there's going to be a short-term version of that and maybe a longer view of that as well. And then the question, all right, how are we going to do that? How are we going to fulfill our mission? How are we going to accomplish our objectives? And maybe there are objectives you have in place that stay the same, but you have different ways of accomplishing them. Or maybe you have to develop some new objectives or maybe some a new version of those objectives, and then think, all right, how are we going to do that in these days ahead? So think in terms of mission, objectives, plans, and then really communicate with your leadership, whether that's a pastoral team and or deacons, key people, directors of ministries in your church. Talk through this, remind them of these, these elements of mission, objectives, and plans, and then talk about, okay, how are we going to adapt? How will we adjust now to accomplish these things in this new environment with the limitations we have using the opportunities, the technology that we have, and how will we do this? So I think you can accomplish this primary responsibility as a pastor of leadership and oversight of your church by thinking through those those key elements 
And communication is a big part of this with leadership, but also with your entire church and to lay it out for them and to say, all right, here's why we're here. Let's all come back to this. And here's how we intend to accomplish these things in the short term and for the foreseeable future until things change back to where they were. Or we might even say uh, things are going to change, maybe even in a long-term fashion, and we're going to prepare for that as well. I would say this also regarding all of these responsibilities, but probably especially leadership and oversight of the church. As a pastor, I think one of the challenges is you're struggling with your own anxieties and, and pressures and all of that, but you need to convey and communicate a level of confidence to your people. And it's not a show, it's not manufactured, but you can and should have confidence in God, in his word, in his spirit, in the wisdom he will give you, and trust that he is going to work through this time. But that needs to be conveyed to your people. It's going to be okay. Things are going to get tough, probably tougher than they are now, but we are looking to the Lord. He is our confidence, just like Moses said, hey, don't be afraid, stand firm, see what God does, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Be a channel of that appropriate level of confidence, not minimizing or or ignoring people's concerns or fears, but just, just exuding a, an appropriate level of confidence. And then I would say as well, joy. There should be joy in our lives. Th- this impacts us emotionally. I have felt that. It's like this oppression of what's happening in the world and, and just the impact on our, our lives, our families, again, our, our ministries. And, and that can take you down. You know, that can cause you to be discouraged, depressed. I mean, if this turns into weeks and months of isolation, uh, you can grow, grow discouraged and depressed through that. So trust the Lord to give you that joy. Find your joy in the Lord and be positive when you talk to your people. Don't be, you know, mopey and, and gloomy. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's going to be hardship. There's going to be grief. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be sadness. We wish we could be together. But exude joy as well, legitimate, genuine joy in the Lord because of Christ, because of his word, because of the promises, because of eternity. So I just encourage you with with that and, and go back to those primary responsibilities, the minister of the word, both public and personal, spiritual care for the people, leadership and oversight of the church, and think, all right, how now can I and we fulfill these responsibilities in this new environment with the limitations, but also leveraging the opportunities that we have to accomplish it? And how can I communicate to my people and and enlist my people in moving forward with these things as well? And my pastor friend, I my heart just goes out to you, and I'm very thankful for you. And I would like to end with a time of prayer for you. Um, in fact, before I do that, let me mention one other thing. In, here in the college setting, uh, our students have gone home. My pastoral students have gone home or to some place where they're going to stay for the uh, foreseeable future. And may I encourage you as a pastor to connect with those college students. Uh, they, they're facing major change and, and maybe are just feeling kind of lost, disconnected, isolated, discouraged. 
And also, would you not only encourage them, reach out to them, minister to them, but also would you use them? Would you enlist them? Uh, I've got 40-some pastoral students, and they've been plugged into churches here in our area. Some of them uh, were planning to do internships this summer. Some of them uh, maybe were planning to work at camps, which we'll see how all that turns out. It'll be different um, as far as the ways that they can be involved, but please think of maybe some ways that they could, could help you and minister. And I would say especially pastoral students, this is a great learning opportunity for them to learn how to minister in an environment like this, in a crisis environment. They can learn a lot from you, and they will learn much with you. So don't be afraid to get them involved, plug them in, um, talk with them, communicate with them, have video chats with them, and please just uh, enlist them as much as you possibly can. I would appreciate that. They will benefit from that, and I trust that you and and your church will as well. All right, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Please just join me in your heart in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these men. Thank you for their heart their love for your people. They are your under-shepherds. You are the chief shepherd. We look to you for reassurance. Just with your word, by your spirit, give that strong assurance, I pray. You are with us. You have not left us or forsaken us. There's an element of adventure to all this, Father, but also with the uncertainty, there is fear, there is anxiety. And I know my brothers are feeling that. Maybe there's concern about how their families are going to be provided for as there's an economic impact to this and on their churches. Lord, I know that's very real. So I pray that they would trust you in a new way as their good Heavenly Father who cares for them and will provide for them. Lord, help them not to be anxious about tomorrow or about food and clothing and shelter, because you take care of these things. And so, Lord, help them, I pray, to learn and grow in their trust for you as their father and their provider. And, Lord, as they need wisdom to know how to pastor, how to shepherd during these challenging days, may they know that you'll supply that as well. You are the source of wisdom. Lord Jesus, you are our wisdom. And so may they look to your word even more intently, rely on your spirit even more completely, and walk forward in confidence, not in self, not in technology, um, not in education or experience, but just completely casting themselves upon you and deriving their confidence from you. Lord, you will strengthen, you will guide, you will enable you will provide. And I pray that they would not be afraid and that they would also help their people to not be afraid, but to stand firm on truth, on Christ, stand firm in grace, and to see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for them. Certainly through such difficult times, you are at work. We know that in our lives, you're growing us and shaping us in our churches. You are strengthening us. You are purifying us. In our communities and in our world, you are exposing the need for hope. And in our lives, in our people's lives, lies the reason for that hope. 
So I pray that they'd be ready to give an answer and help my pastor friends to encourage and equip their people to be ready to give that answer when people inquire of the reason for the hope that's within them. Father, help my pastor friends to proclaim hope, to declare hope in the gospel. Help them to encourage their people. Help them to minister to them through the limitations and in the midst of the great challenges ahead. And I know that one day we'll all look back, maybe in a year, maybe in eternity, and praise you for how you enabled us and how you used us and the great work that you did. So I lift up my pastor friends to you. I pray they may be blessed. I pray that today, wherever they are, whatever they're thinking about, whatever they're facing, whatever's ahead, they may rest in you, trust in you, and know that you are working through them to accomplish your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Just know there's a person who cares for you, my friend, and is praying for you. But ultimately, you're in God's hands. And as Paul said to the Ephesian elders when he left them, he said, I commend you to God and the word of his grace. (laughs) And what better place to rest? So God bless you, my pastor friend.